movie with the rock jared so um lots of oil the scotch on the rocks please any scotch will do as long as it's not a blend of course uh single malt plenty of it plenty fitting perhaps maybe a blend gown any blend I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah, I, I, I expect nothing less from you. Um, you're going to be the kind of the wild card here because, as we said the last time we talked, uh, Josh and I are huge fans of Central Intelligence, so I guess our angle is going to be discussing if it held up back to uh mm-hmm. summer of 2016 year and a half later uh but uh let's open the floor to the the man who's uh nude of course <laughs> <laughs> i think in any situation where there's a naked man you let him say his piece first <laughs> uh, you let me speak first then i can worry about getting clothes um i i thought that the uh, i'll open with the uh, negative parts about the movie i thought the story was pretty bad the uh, the actual narrative I didn't care for a whole lot. Now what I did care for was uh, the Rock and Kevin Hart, which just probably isn't a uncommon train of thought. But they carried and they elevated that um, that story so much. Like I want to see them in everything. Like this new Jumanji thing, I don't care if it looks corny. Like I'm going to watch it anyway, just because of those two. Especially the Rock. Uh, he he was. I, I think Kevin Hart is pretty funny on his own, but. The Rock really uh, proved that he's a peer, I guess, of Kevin Hart. I think the best thing about them is Kevin Hart. It's interesting in the film; he's he's the comedian, and The Rock mm-hmm. is the action hero as far as who they are uh, in their filmography. But they have Kevin Hart, even though he gets in a lot of jabs out of nervousness and responding to the situation, being the 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 everyman who's drafted into this this action adventure uh, story. You know, he's he's the straight man. But mm, most of the most, most part. but most of the humor of the rock, even though he's a larger than life character, CIA operative, and of course he has the physique of the rock, uh, wears a fanny pack for whatever reason, and makes <laughs> that badass. Uh, I found a lot of the humor comes from the rock uh, playing it so straight, as if this is just mm-hmm. totally normal, like everything that's happening. <laughs> well, and- yeah, dude, unicorns are awesome, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> And I think that's probably, I agree with you, Jared. It's, it is a film that you have seen before and at times I think it's poking fun of those, uh, sort of buddy comedy adventures, but I think they flip the characters a little bit because you're used to seeing the Kevin Hart character get in absolutely no jabs and just shriek and scream (laughs) and cry. Uh, but yeah, he has some funny (laughs) stuff and and then the rock as the straight man is hilarious. So I hadn't really considered that before, but I think that's probably one of the reasons I enjoy this, this movie so much. And I, I had zero expectations for it when I first watched it. I just swiped the movie pass and was like, well, we'll see if this is any good. Maybe I'll get a chuckle or two. <laughs> it ended up being one of my favorites of the year. So, Josh, what about you? Is that Did it hold up? Oh, it definitely held up. Uh, I was surprised at how well it held up on a second viewing. And, yeah, I do love this film. I totally agree with what you're saying about how it's an absurd, like, The Rock is the outlandish character, but the humor is in him playing it straight. And, you know, Kevin Hart's playing the straight man, but he's playing it outrageously, uh, which I think is the perfect way of doing it because uh, otherwise 
like a, and a lot of buddy cop type movies, you just have the the boring straight man and the the outrageous funny character, and that works. It's a formula that's worked quite a bit, but I think this takes a step further because you're you're getting great laughs from both characters, and uh, I, going into it, I, I have to say uh, I had some hope just simply because Dwayne Johnson's on fire when it comes to just these silly over the top action movies. And Wait till we get to our Baywatch episode. We'll see if you still <laughs> still feel that <laughs> way. <laughs> mm. I haven't watched it. So that doesn't bode well. Uh, and I, I think Kevin Hart is a very, very funny man. Uh, I, I don't think he always picks the best movies to be in. So him being in a movie isn't necessarily a, a, a sell, but I, I do know him to be funny. You know, I, I expect funny things from him. And this is the perfect type of vehicle for him. And, uh, yeah, the chemistry between him and Dwayne Johnson both, I mean, that that is where the charm is in this movie. Now, I, I will disagree with Jared that I enjoy the plot. I mean, I think it's a it's a fun movie. Uh, it, it has characters acting pretty realistically to the to the scenario. You know, I mean, there's there's a few outlandish over the top characters and moments, but just I don't know. I mean, just watching those two guys as characters, especially Kevin Hart's in the predicament they're in, like. That's what makes it so funny seeing him just flip out because like yeah that's pretty much how a, an everyday day would uh, an everyday man would take that you know <laughs> you, you would just be screaming and yelling you know frantically what's going on. There is one uh, outlandish moment that I've never liked, and um, it fits with the you know the sort of the mean girl aspect of high school and maybe never getting over those scars. And I have to say up front that one of the reasons I wasn't looking for this movie in its theatrical run is the sequence with the rock as like an overweight nude singing uh, student in the shower. I was like, Oh, if that's the type of comedy we're going for, I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and there's one sequence that I don't, I understand why they play it the way they do, which is the bully in that, that opening sequence um, is a younger Jason Bateman. And then when he comes back around, which it is shoehorned in, uh, he immediately reverts back to that personality, even when he's staring at someone who is in the rock form. And I yeah, don't know if I buy yeah. that. I'm like, I, you know, I think that <laughs> that he may still feel like in his own little master universe and his own little office that he's awesome. But when you stare in to the rocks <laughs> pecs, I just don't, I don't think you're suddenly going to start challenging him. To a fight. I understand why they do it, but maybe Jared, that's is that kind of what you're talking about as far as the some of the story beats that are like so, things that you feel like you have seen before, and it's I don't know, it's a little hard to buy when it's The Rock playing the nerdy girl next door. Yeah, that was pretty much <clears throat> the next point that I was going to launch into. You, you you've already covered that for me. It was Jason Bateman's character just was not believable whatsoever. Like nobody's going to stare at The Rock and say, "Hey, fat boy, hey." a former fat boy you're always a fat boy aren't you fat boy like no it's yes sir no sir would you like your shoes shine sir there's a uh there's something I reckless guess I, about that character i don't know if he's a drug abuser <laughs> or something do you want to fat, die he's an you adrenaline junkie or something <laughs> well you know what you joke about that him being a reckless character but that that is the benefit of the doubt i'll get it it's i mean i agree i mean 99 percent of the time that person is not going to be that way but I do believe that, I mean, when you think back on some of the personalities and, and intellect that belong to some of the bullies in our lifetimes and previous ones, I don't know, man. I, I think there's some of them that are that far gone in their way of thinking that uh, that that they could be that guy. You know, are they you could be so comparing them to uh, 
I've always heard that like dogs, if they're like introduced together and like one is introduced as a puppy to like the alpha dog, no matter if it yeah. gets three times the size, it always recognizes <laughs> itself as like, it remembers right. itself as the puppy. Right. Yeah. yeah that's the I rock think, here. Rock's the puppy. Yeah. I, I <laughs> the think, fanny pack. I think, yeah. Very big I, puppy. <laughs> I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it is a hard sell when you're watching it because you're like, there ain't nobody who would say that to the rock, <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I don't believe that person can exist in this world but to your other point about the uh the opening scene with the cgi obese um dwayne johnson uh i would agree that that was terrible marketing because that had me going into the movie thinking that it could possibly be like a nutty professor type of because they were really like selling that scene like several times throughout the trailer if i remember Just correctly. relying on like a broad visual gag for comedy yeah and really like i think it works humorously in the movie and i think it would have been spectacular if we'd had no idea that that was coming from the previews and we'd just been surprised with it watching it i would have gotten around seeing it a lot sooner if that was the case (laughs) and i think it would have made for some more legitimate laughs i think the joke is pretty much mostly out of the bag already by the time you see the trailer and then you watch it so it was brief uh, enough to where you really didn't you know it was is is a laugh move on you know yeah yeah the most important thing in that sequence is that it establishes Kevin Hart. Um, he's not just a nice guy by comparison. Like in that flashback, he's someone that he doesn't find this funny. And he, he finds like, you know, most characters you would think, especially if they're immature, or they're adolescents, they might laugh. And then later on, they'd be like, oh, wow, I can't. That was a really cruel thing to do. But he, his character, I think it is important that they establish that early on, he was someone that didn't find that funny in the slightest. And knew that was something damaging to do to someone. So yeah. when they do get back together, it fills in the gaps a little bit of why with no contact, the rock can <laughs> drop off the grid to become a CIA operative. Very dangerous man has always considered this guy, his best friend and this, this awesome just character. And I, th- I think not to give too much away if you've not seen it, but there's, there's a, a the main villain that comes back around speaks to that saying that he is so tired <laughs> of hearing about <laughs> the jet and that always cracks jet. me up because it just you know as i said there's a it's a joke without even hearing the joke of just imagining for two decades dwayne johnson's character <laughs> just going on about how awesome kevin hart is when he is someone that is like ripping people's throats out jumping out of exploding <laughs> buildings and still talking about the jet kevin hart just the accountant i don't i don't know there's yeah there's a certain well, sweetness to these i think this particular buddy movie that usually don't See, it's usually just very crass humor. I mean, we've had enough of that with Office Christmas Party and the comedian, but I don't know, just the, the genuine earnestness of uh, Dwayne Johnson, the way he plays this character. I, I find that hilarious. And just like, I, I just love this this guy who, he has this one line where he's like, just totally, he's not appalled, but he's just enthusiastically shocked when Kevin Hart's relaying that's like, he was built up to be like the most successful in high school and everybody looked up to him. And all, all he is, is an accountant. And by any metric, we're looking at a guy who seems financially stable. He has um, a beautiful wife that loves him. I'm talking about the fact that I don't feel like I'm the hero of my own story. That's how are you not the hero of your own story? No one else can be. Yo, CJ, I gotta be honest with you, man. I mean, all this talk about Calvin Joyner not feeling like he's a hero. It's crazy talk, man. No, no, it's not. You were the best thing about high school. I'll always believe in you. Yo, do you remember those backflips you used to do? Crowd would go crazy. I was there too. I'm like, what? How's he do that? How did you do that? I don't know. I just did it, man. 
Exactly. So do it now. No, no, no. You're crazy. No, no. What's that? What are you talking about? What's what? The Rock's line is like, "How can you not be the hero of your own story?" Like that's just like absurd. Like, <laughs> and that's not a line that is funny on the face of it, but just the way he delivers it and the fact that you mm -hmm. buy into this character that he would have that unbridled enthusiasm for Kevin Hart. I don't know. Well, it's great. I agree with you because you know your your other buddy cop movies. I'm thinking like Lethal Weapon. You know Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. You have the the love hate relationship. Like, there's more of a like. Oh, I hate you. You're always getting me into these messes type, type relationship. <laughs> Whereas, like you said with this, there's just like a, a sincere, like, Kevin Hart's character feels sorry for, you know, Dwayne Johnson's character. So he legitimately is, like, you know, happy to like, meet up with him. And when he sees he's got his life up, I mean, he's legitimately, sincerely happy for him. And uh, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson it is, in fact, like, having a huge bromance on on Kevin Hart's character. And I never feel like Dwayne Johnson's character is abusing uh, the fact that he knows his quasi friend is an accountant. His, like I said, his enthusiasm for the jet here is that he thinks he would be totally capable of surviving, jumping out of a skyscraper. <laughs> like, because there are definitely like, I'm trying to think of other, other movies like um i don't know if either one of you have seen it it's it's not very highly regarded but uh, like night and day with tom cruise and cameron diaz where it's a similar setup where it's like a civilian is drafted in by an action star in this case tom cruise uh to tag along jumping out of buildings and being on motorcycles and firing guns and if you think about it too hard you're like wow you're you're really putting someone who is not capable or trained at all in a very dangerous situation you're basically sending them to their <laughs> their death just so you have a partner someone to talk to i don't actually get that with central intelligence i feel like the rock i'm like you're in good hands kevin hart just <laughs> stop screaming and you'll survive this <laughs> well, even the same towards the end where they're arguing about going into the parking garage and uh dwayne johnson's going in there and kevin hart wants to go he's like no man he's like there's gonna be like shooting and stuff you know how sad that would make me if you got shot up down there he's like that would be so hard for me that's the thing i mean the Rock's character here is about as sweet as they come when it comes to action heroes, you know, because he he pulls out the tough guy act for the for the action, but the rest of the time, especially with uh, the Golden Jet, he's just a huge teddy bear, and there's something fascinating and and hilarious about that type of relationship. Let me ask you a question: as a, as yeah. a first time watcher, did you ever feel because the film posits at various times that possibly? Uh, the Rock is the the villain of the piece. Did that ever I, work or no? I don't think it ever worked on me because of how, like Josh said, such a sweet character. Like I don't, I didn't, I did not buy that he was ever capable of it. I guess. Well, we don't want to spoil it for anybody that uh, hasn't watched the movie yet. But the the person in the elevator, I was like, that's it. I know that's it because. 
you don't see them actually uh, pass away or whatever. So it's like, I bet that's who that is. Because I don't think casting. The Rock's capable. Casting, first off, the, the Rock is too charming. And I think mm-hmm. you're having too good a time with the characters here. That then that becomes a very becomes a very dark and very different movie. If this was him <laughs> just setting up a guy who was nice to him at his lowest point in high school once, like twenty years kind later, just to get pointless. him killed. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> you lose all meaning to the film, and you know it's all thrown out the window just for Rock wants to get rich. The movie, like I... <laughs> there would be no need to involve no. uh, the Golden Jet. And, and and to your point, the guy in the elevator. Possibly a little bit too much of a recognizable face to be like, oh, I bet yeah. that's not the only scene he's got. I bet you he... Well, you paid him a lot for five seconds of film. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet he won't be coming back. But, yeah, I'm glad that they actually kept that up because it, it, it would have been so easy for them to bank in on just The Rock being, you know, macho badass and then that being his whole role through the film. But not dropping that other half of him that is the unicorn-loving, fanny-pack-wearing guy that he actually is. Like, I was... That, that made it so much more better for me because I expected him to just drop it eventually like, all right, I'm actually a CIA agent. I was just doing this to try and disarm you to be a, a big dumb idiot and, you know, get in and use you Kevin Hart, but the, him like holding it through the whole film. And that's actually how he is. Like I, I love the movie a lot more for that. Well, cause he's a character that for the most part has accepted who he is. He's physically mm-hmm. transformed himself, but because Kept of that, physical, parts he wanted. well, yeah, because of that physical transformation, if he likes unicorns, who's going to say anything about it? Yeah, I mean, you can if you want to, but <laughs> it's at your peril. So. Yeah, Jason Bateman. Uh, I kind of, you know what? I'll say this, um, and I feel bad because I can't remember the director's name, but he he's the same guy who directed Dodgeball. Have you, either of you all watched Dodgeball? I've actually never seen Dodgeball. Yeah. I just, I just um, it, know the uh, Dodger wrench, Dodger ball. I know that. Line. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a fair movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's got some good bizarre humor in it. It's 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 fairly funny. It's nowhere near the levels of this, uh, but it's got some memorable moments. But when I got the DVD, um, it had like a director's alternate ending, and I was expecting, you know, like most of the time on a movie like that, that you get a very different ending. <laughs> well, all that it was was uh in the movie you get your standard uh sports ending where it's like it looks like the bad guys have just won and and landed the the final point but then there's like that that last minute like oh no something happened and the good guys are gonna get another chance the director's alternate ending was right after the bad guys landed the final blow it rolled the credits like uh, <laughs> with like Ben Stiller like doing like a fist pump and jumping up in the air and freeze frame and I was like, that is a dark sense of humor, and I like it. And so just knowing that, I kind of was a little concerned. I was like, hey, they might be getting ready to throw uh, you know, uh, a wrench into this and just <laughs> take it to a really weird, dark place, which would have been okay. But now I do agree that uh, th- this— <laughs> Only Josh would, would have enough history with this filmmaker whose name he can't remember, and I'm not knocking you because I don't know who it is, but it's like I remember the alternate ending of Dodgeball. This could go to a very dark place, Central Intelligence. <laughs> I've been ready for this for 12 years. It's a funny, I mean, it's a darker sense of humor, I guess is what I'm getting at. And I I could have seen them doing it. Uh, They kept me guessing. I mean, in terms of like they did do, the the pacing was done very well with having us constantly going back with what uh, the CIA agents were telling Kevin Hart's character and then what we were seeing of uh, The Rock's character. So I I thought that was done well. I mean, instinctively, you just kind of feel like, okay, this is going to be the movie where 
these are the good guys and everything goes out okay. But uh, I, they, they they played it up enough that it kept it kept me guessing a little bit. Let me transition us to uh, the Last King, uh, whose original title I of course cannot pronounce. Um, this is Norwegian, right? I'm gonna get that. I don't want to insult the country like, of origin. We're gonna have a whole lot of trouble here. Like just trying to like. Say the director's name, trying to say the actor's name, the character's name. Well, one of the I, actor's name is Jacob. That's his first name. Okay. And okay. I believe the, the other one is Christopher. Is Niels Gop. Uh, all right. A Niels Gop joint, of course. Used to these. Josh, I'm sure you have some experience with <laughs> Very an, familiar an alternate ending on his, I don't oh, know. Yeah, Gop joint. <laughs> Maybe he did a skiing movie at some point that had a really twisted <laughs> ending. I bet dude. he did. Dude. <laughs> You're you're risking getting me going on about the skiing scenes this early. Which one? And yeah. they were awesome. <laughs> I, okay, I'll say this: the first time it happens, I'm like, "Well, isn't, that's that's pretty badass, dude." But then I'm like, "Oh, this isn't just like a badass. This paid isn't for skiing lessons. <laughs> this is not Tom Cruise on a motorcycle in Mission Impossible no. Two. This is basically this them getting into a car and driving from one place to the next. Yeah, skiing. Look, they're yeah. skiing again." <laughs> <laughs> I guess that I was. Shane, I liked it. <laughs> I told Shane, I was like, you know, like you, if somebody was into the biathlon, like they are going to love this movie. Like it's nothing but skiing and shooting arrows. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it to Josh. He's already taken on the the role of uh, Dwayne Johnson with his unbridled enthusiasm for skiing <laughs> in Norway. Um, We're learning something. Today. Yeah, I, I think this was a first time watch for all of us, and this, uh, you know came out the same day in the States as Central Intelligence. I'm sure people took in many a double feature at the movie theater with <laughs> Central Intelligence. Burning Burner and Central Intelligence, sure. So Josh, uh, other than the, the skiing, did your enthusiasm remain for the, the rest of the film? The the story, the the acting, the, uh, the fight scenes uh, on or off skis? Well, I'll say this. It, it had a hard time living up to the hop that you built it up as when you described it as being um, like Two men and a baby, uh, Norwegian style. Like, I, I, but it kind of <laughs> is, but yeah, it mildly turns into that. But I was, <laughs> I, I was expecting something very different from that description. I'll tell you what I was expecting. I, I, I didn't expect as much help as they. I, I thought it was like two men on. I thought it was one big chase movie. And you didn't realize it was factions still, kind right? Of. Yeah, so I, I will admit up front, I'm a, I remain a little disappointed in that because I thought it was two dudes <laughs> and a baby off in the snow just fighting for an hour. Well, and you half. know the the uh, low budget fifty people that actually lived in Norway fighting each other apparently <laughs> I had that very small too. scale battles. <laughs> I'll tell like, you. Well, one anybody <laughs> available to do you know how to ski? <laughs> I did think that you know this this is definitely not the uh, the battle of death star type. This is like <laughs> if you can get 12 people you walk up to the you know the oh. king's castle and say we have a we have a complaint here and I'm going to punch you in the face and then everything's okay. restored. Norway's yeah. helms deep. Yes. Uh, I, I apologize. Me and Jared, the cynics have already taken over. It's like, Josh, you like this. <laughs> yeah. Talk about it. Anyway, I'm going to cut you off. Here's what Anyway, sucks. you're stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean you're not going to find me like really defending this as like a great movie. I will say it reminds me a little bit more of the, uh, what you call it? Like, uh, uh, sword and sand type of, uh, nineties movies, I guess that we kind of remember some of those. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but I say, you know, it, gladiator had a uh, tiger on a chain there. This, uh, there's none of that. There's no, yeah, that, that, that um, this is no, budget. this is no gladiator. Uh, but 
it's not a bad film. It, it's it's got a good story and it's it'll pull you in, to, you know, wanting to see it through. It, it does start to drag on a little bit. I feel like it, it's it's a little too long. It feels very kind of like uh, the tone reminds me of some Game of Thrones types episodes. I'm sure Netflix is hoping people think that too. They're like their own little <laughs> Game of Thrones episode yeah. to click on. I didn't know. Uh, I did see after it was over that they recommended a Netflix original called The Last Kingdom, and it was a dude with a beard and long hair holding a sword. And I'm like, uh, you know, there's someone out there. Uh, we'll just go ahead and throw him under the bus. Shane, a mutual friend <laughs> who is burning through all of this material. Cause I noticed on Twitter that he, he had seen this and he responded to Jared immediately. Like mm-hmm. I would, I, I tell you what a year from now, I don't know if I'll remember much of this to be able to comment, uh, or even have a tweet about this. Cause to what Josh was saying, I was into it. And then I found myself starting to drift and maybe it was one too many gatherings with, well, Norwegian farmers that I was just like, okay. <laughs> it starts out really, really well. I thought that's about as much as I can say positively about the film. Like you have uh, like three or four betrayals in like the first 30 minutes. And I was like, man, this is really, uh, everybody's betraying everybody. There's people dying left and right. Like, yeah, I'm into this. And then it really hits that, that pacing problem of like, you might as well put Benny Hill music and then they're chasing each other on skis for like 50 minutes. Like I'm not, you know, a problem with filming exclusively in the snow is everything starts to look the same. Hurts my eyes. That is very true. Yeah. And that's what I'll say. They had some beautiful landscaping uh, to, to work with the, you know, the locations were beautiful. I thought seeing skiing like that was different you know what i mean like because i mean you God, you love it, don't you? i'm just gonna warn our <laughs> listeners that if there's an upcoming episode during the winter olympics where we're comparing this year's josh winter olympics josh is out <laughs> well, i was gonna say josh is the he's the editor-in-chief of those episodes that's the reason they're happening <laughs> well i mean you're right it's not that they're action sequences i mean some of them are i guess but like you're right it's like the equivalent of seeing a scene in a modern day film taking place in a car. And I was like, that's, that's kind of cool. I've never really thought about the fact that I guess, you know, up there, the Norwegians are uh, just skiing about like it's everyday business. <laughs> they're going to go, you know, <laughs> you know, rabble rouse the other half of the country, all 12 of them to go yeah. take back the castle. <laughs> I found, I found the scene where, uh, like the, the two dudes were following the, the lady on the, the sled and stuff. And he just kind of like, eases up beside her. I mean, you know, he's just sliding (laughs) real slowly right up to her and just makes some small talk. Like, Hey, we'll be there in a few minutes. Hey, we're going, we're going to go this other way. And then he just, yeah. And then he got guy just fades back to where the other dude is. I'm like, man, I can't even stand up on skis. And these dudes are like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they got pulled away by skiing. (laughs) Josh can't even get into the film. <laughs> Skiing. That you oh, know man. your your enthusiasm for I mean I'm the polite surprised. way to put it is just seeing a different culture, a different time period, uh, one that we would not have experienced. Even if this was a period piece, you know, going back a few hundred years in America, obviously there's not going to be that many skiing scenes. I don't think so. Um, I wondered as I was watching it, I'm like. Okay, this is a foreign film to us, but uh, if this was your country's history, would you be more or less into it? Because you know what what you're getting out of it, Josh, is you're just seeing something that's almost, as I said, just foreign to you as far as something you'd never considered. 
mm-hmm. I wonder if they're Know, young Norwegians think this is like a Michael Bay movie for them, or <laughs> or, is, or is this old hat? Because if if you maybe have heard this story before, like Jared was saying, I was only into it because I'm like I don't know who to trust. I will say that one knock against the film was they kind of let the cat out of the bag maybe too early, and every time we cut back mm-hmm. to the big villain playing his wedding day, I think it really stagnates. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I was basically just <laughs> I was saying maybe I'm just not in this because I'm a dumb American and this. This doesn't really matter to me as a historical movie, so I just find it kind of kind of boring. But the first half hour was pretty good. I don't know. I just drifted away from it, like like the guy on skis, Josh, (laughs) disappeared into the snow. I think you know we just all need to appreciate more skiing because I generally agree with the rest of your. I agree. Skiing companies. I'm going to see what you have stock in. What? <laughs> I agree with you on the pacing of the movie because it does. It drags on. It, it kind of, you start to lose interest. But man, I stand by those skiing scenes. <laughs> Josh, this is even double down. This is you know, fourth or fifth time you've been like, wait a minute now, skiing, good sir, skiing. <laughs> I'm impressed. That's all I can say. I, uh, J- Jared, give us give us some stats here on this. What what was the critical reception to uh, to the Last King? Because I, I have no idea. I, I just know obviously that probably not many people other than our weird friends have seen this. <laughs> it was forty two percent for the audience score. I, I've not seen the uh, how many actually rated it, but forty two percent audience, seventy five percent a uh, technically a fresh movie by this. Uh, aggregators uh, website well as we've seen from the last jedi scores we can't really trust the audience one too much because no. <laughs> people are stuffing the ballot box with with hate on although that. i don't know <laughs> if there's as many uh lore <laughs> fans of the last king chiming in on the travesty that's been committed <laughs> i suspect it's uh track and field fans who hate skiing. <laughs> this is not accurate <laughs> So our our sort of our last bit that we do on the show is obviously Central Intelligence was a, a wide release, had mass appeal, and has movie stars that we recognize, and this is the forgotten film because it's a small foreign film that probably got a very limited run, but you can now watch on Netflix. Uh does it deserve and this is where Josh his love of skiing is really truly really gonna be tested, does it deserve to have the recognition of something like Central Intelligence with you know having about the only similarity is you're gonna have two guys uh, trying to to go on the road and save the day with all the, the evil forces uh, against them. But that's about where it ends. Unfortunately for Central Intelligence, no skiing sequences yet. True. Um, you know, I, we're, we're doing a lot of joking about The Last King, but again, it's not you're a bad not. I believe you, sir. Mm-hmm. I believe you're Very love. serious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if... I would rate it as high necessarily as what it's getting from the uh, the critic approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But I, I think for people that, again, uh, I think I'm saying it correctly, like uh, Sand and Sword top genre, you know, you're, it's not fantasy because it's actually kind of historical, but it's that, that time period and everything. Uh, I think it's, it, it's, it's, salt. it's not offensive. You know, it's not like you've seen things that you're, cringeworthy or or anything like that its biggest sin is maybe as we've all admitted it just starts to get a little too slow and it you you might lose interest but i think for anybody who's a fan of that genre it's a it's a solid watch and my god you'll see some great skiing 
So it's worth it's worth checking it out. I just want to inform the listeners that I am not uh, punking Josh out. I've not re-edited this show to put in like every time he says skiing over and over. These are all legitimate original thoughts. <laughs> every time that crosses his mind, skiing. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say for me that, um, I don't know. It, it's weird that both these films, like I, I thought central intelligence would be, you know, bad to average. And I'm shocked at, that I consider it exceptional. That would put it in like a top 10 list or something for, for last year. And, uh, last King I thought would be, I thought coming into it, it would be above average with the setup because of it's something I've not seen before. I don't know anything about the history of Norway. As I said, I wanted the two men and a baby on the road skiing. Yes, Josh. Um, and it ended up just being, I guess the worst thing for me is just that expectation. It ends up just being pretty average, I think. Dude, you brought up another point. They weren't just skiing. He was skiing with a baby on his back. Jared, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> hard to follow that, but. Um, Don't worry, Josh. Yeah, I'll bring it back up. Uh-huh. <laughs> It'll come back up. Yeah, I don't think I can put it any better. Is just it was guilty of being average. There, it starts out really, really good, and I think it's just they lost themselves somewhere in the middle. Too many uh, ski chases, I, I guess. Maybe not enough for some of us, but uh, I, it's just re- really, really predictable. Really average. Uh, like also, like Josh said, like there's nothing that's going to make you like curl up your nose and be like, I hate this film. But it just feels like you know, just like blah. And I don't know. Some sometimes maybe that's worse than turning your nose up. Like you can't even really. The the comedy we're getting is Josh loving skiing. Otherwise, I don't know what we would have come up with. So I do appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> um, your beautiful listen. mind is what he's trying to say. <laughs> yeah, what listen, he said. You're you all are making fun, but you're missing out on a great concept. I mean, if we had more snow here in Kentucky. To where we didn't have to like get in our vehicles and drive down the hill to the nearest, you know, convenience store for whatever. But you can just throw on a couple skis and have a thrill ride your way there. I mean It would it would like be boss, man. It would be like living in, I guess, a James Bond action sequence yes, your entire life. Yes. Uh, what I'm saying it's there, like there are some charms to that. Yeah, your your standard means of communicate uh, of uh, commuting is just, you know, it's a thrill rod. It's freaking awesome. The movie, and by the way, the movie I, I is didn't... not. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> inform our listeners that the last king, the thrill I guess rod I... of the year, says Josh Dotson, I... <laughs> Ski Enthusiast Magazine. <laughs> How many different angles of skiing do you want? Because you're going to get them all. <laughs> now, I, I didn't get a chance to uh, shine my love on Central Intelligence, though. I, I was distracted. Uh, but Central Intelligence, I think, is fully deserving of its love. I, I didn't quite catch. Did you say it was uh, well regarded? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I think Stat Boy has uh, given us the uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I actually did that. do that. Um, the critics actually liked Central Intelligence better than the audience did. Seventy uh, percent for the critics, sixty-one for the audience. Yeah, and, and I would actually rate it higher than that myself. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would I, too. Uh, that, to me, that's a that's going to be a movie I return to. Uh, it's good laughs. So, um. They got it right. I, I still think it's even better than what they're saying, but they got that one right. I, I think, unfortunately, Central Intelligence, I, at least as from what I've read or seen, 
in the like film podcast community never really got as much attention as I think it should have. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I think look at something like John Wick, which is a fairly straightforward, throwbacky, old school action movie with some new wow. elements. And I think Central Intelligence and my should have gotten that same love and attention as John Wick, where it's like, yeah, it's doing something very traditional, the the buddy action movie, but uh, there's just enough new flavor. And more importantly, for these type of comedies, there's genuine laughs. Because usually with those type of movies, you know, Jared, you mentioned Lethal Weapon. I haven't revisited that probably since I was a teenager, but I remember those movies, you know, when they get to the action scenes, I remember it for like, it suddenly flipped the switch to now we are a macho movie saying badass things. <laughs> and we're only funny, like in these moments. I think Central Intelligence really, it balances both during the action scenes and like the comedy is still there. There's still laughs. My God, while someone's throat is being ripped out, there's still laughs. <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said about getting um, sincere like awesome action, but still laughing through it. You know, it doesn't, you know, a lot of other movies treat it as like the moment has to be one or the other. Right. And this movie is saying, well, why not be both? You know, this can still be like impressive action, but you can still be laughing through it at the same time. And the, uh, the only thing I can say in that regard for last King is, uh, if you're watching on Netflix, throw on this podcast as a commentary track, and we'll provide the laughs. <laughs> Red line sequences of them going from one hut to the next through the snow. <laughs> this film would have been amazing in like IMAX. God, I can only imagine IMAX throwing down that the weekend in June during the middle of summer box of a season, saying we're going to feature the last king, this Norwegian movie. <laughs> Man. I'm sure we uh, all of our Nordic fans will love you saying huts in the derogatory <laughs> song. <laughs> look, I mean, I guess they looked fairly warm. I don't know. that The, the wife and child, <laughs> they held up pretty strong in there for, I don't know, a couple of arrows. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, oh boy. Whew. <laughs> All right, I think that's enough. Uh, uh, I think that's a good, uh, yeah. All right, the next episode we'll be talking about uh, uh, surprise one another, like Josh has surprised us tonight. So, uh, (laughs) Merry Christmas. Winter will never end with Josh if he has his way. (laughs) God bless us, everyone. (laughs) Have you made it through that? Why not go ahead and give us a follow on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Sober Cinema. And please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or your pod player of choice. I'm sure our feed will be there. I promise you that will be the last time we ever talk about skiing. Thanks for listening. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini shaken, not stirred.